So what we're seeing is we're seeing the one, okay? So the one is the place in the spirit of the Trinity. That is called the one. I, like I said, I didn't know that it was called the one, but I have been there. And there's a, there's a dance between the Father, Son, and the Spirit. The angels are there. The love of God is just absolutely overwhelming. And there's so much joy and so much peace because it's the party. I call it the party. That's my word, the party. So the one or the party, so that's this concept that we've been brought into this, we call it mystical union or this union where there is no separation between us and God. You didn't accidentally get separated because you got mad at a driver when you were driving down the street. You didn't like, oh my goodness, I just separated from God. You did not separate from God. He didn't go anywhere. <laughs> um, and as a matter of fact, when you look at the scripture that talks about people who are, quote, separated from God, it actually says they're really only separated in their mind. You can't really be separated from God. It's not possible. Because he's everywhere. Right. But we have this mystical union with Christ where we've been brought into this place with him. So one of the things that I think, and so so that's the one, and I want to start with that because every anytime you hear that word, the one, that's what we should really be thinking about, being in, in oneness with him and union with Christ. But there's this other concept called the one where I like to talk about this, and I've said this before, where Jesus would, quote, stop for the one. Well, it's not like he's got something more important to do and he stopped for the one. That is always the most important, okay? And the world system, okay, the, the way that the world works, why we call it the world system, okay? So we're on the earth, okay? The earth is the earth. It was created by the Lord, and the earth is the Lord's. Everything in the earth is the Lord's, okay? We caretake it and so on. So the earth is a great thing. It's a creation. But when I use the word the world, I'm not talking about people who don't go to church, I'm talking about the world system. The system of the world, the way the world works is like this. You exalt yourself with your own pride and selfish ambition to a high place over everyone and then get them all to come in subjection to you. It's a false authority. It comes from the lower realm and it's all about control. The two most powerful world powers are the political and the religious systems. They run everything in the world system. Now, they don't run us. They have nothing to do with us. We actually tick them off because we come from another world. But their system, okay, is completely controlled by the political and the religious powers of the earth, okay? They are all about control, manipulation, and the masses. If you want to gather power towards yourself, you need to have masses of people to control at your command. Why? Because it takes lower realm power to dominate. So you need the sheer volume of people and people become the product of your mindset. Okay, so I'm explaining all this because I'm going to talk to you about what the right way is. Okay, but I'm going to explain the, but this is how it works. And this is why you see such a struggle in governments, because that's the political system. But you bring in a religious leader into a government, he'll dominate all of it. Why is that? Because the religious uh, powers on the earth are actually superior to the political ones. But the political ones won't ever admit it. Why is that? Because they kind of work together. Okay. Now, again, am I saying, am I making a side comment about Christians and politics? I am not. I am talking about 
world systems of government, how they run. Remember, in Galatians, it talks about the difference between the fruit of the Spirit and the works of the flesh. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, all of these things. And now we have the works of the flesh, which the Bible says are evident. You don't even have to spell them out, but we're going to spell them out anyway. Greed, covetousness, anger, all of these kind of things are part of the flesh, right? Or what we call the soul. So a person who is dominated by their soul within a religious system or within a political system will exert that type of thing within there. Now, do we have governments that have done good things for people? Yes. And why? Because the people that were in that government were being led by the spirit and not by the soul. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But what is happening that is good had nothing to do with domination. Okay, it wasn't because they dominated and now something good happened. They loved, they peaced, <laughs> they mm-hmm. joyed, and it produced the fruit of righteousness. Mm-hmm. But if somebody were to go into one of those, you know, because again, I, I'm, I'm using the word system because it's a, it's a spiritual system, not a physical one. So again, sometimes we try to say, well, you're talking about a physical thing. I'm not talking about a physical thing. I'm talking about how that works. So in a world system form of government where it's about control and domination, then it's about the masses, the number of people you can gather because you get more people, you get more money, you get more power. You know, you want to have a little army that has no weapons or a big army with powerful weapons. The big army with powerful weapons beats all the other armies. Control, dominate, destroy. Again, what does the thief come to do? Steal, kill, destroy. Domination. They've aligned themselves with a lower realm spirit. It's lower, not as powerful as the weapons that we have, not as powerful as a heavenly thing. It's a lower realm, broken. It's totally broken. Why is it broken? Well, no matter how powerful you are, your kingdom doesn't last very long because another guy will come and usurp your kingdom. As a matter of fact, back in the book of Daniel, God's calling them all off. He's saying it's going to be this kingdom, then that one, then this one, then that one. And then this one's going to be destroyed. And then at the very end, there's going to be a little chunk taken out of a mountain and it's going to bash the feet of every single government. All right, this is, this, this is the vision of the, of, the, of, the, of the idol, of the statue, right? And they're all going to fall over. And that little tiny rock that was taken out of the mountain, which is Mount Zion, by the way, will cover the entire earth. That's Christ, okay? So no matter how big and powerful these governments mean, you know, because they're going to want to make you afraid, right? They used to do, and they always do terrible things to people. Why? So they can keep you, you don't need to do a lot of terrible things. You just need to do a, a few public ones, right? Religious systems do the same thing as political ones. So they bring up, they get their scapegoat, they bring them up in front of everybody, they crucify them and say, everybody listen, or you're going to be like that guy, right? Religious systems do the exact same thing. They don't need to tell everybody what to do. They just need to tell one or two and make a public example, and then everybody falls into line. It's a control and domination system, okay? This is how it works. Why? Because you need the power source of the masses in order to dominate and control the system, okay? Now, what did Jesus say when he was on the earth? He said, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not from here. That's not how it works. That's the way I always say, because they tell me that too when I say, hey, can we do this? That's not how that works. I'm like, oh, okay. 
<laughs> um, because I still think of a world systems because I'm, I'm still physically in the world and I see the world systems running all around and sometimes I'm mistaken and I think that I'm in that kind of system and I'm literally not. I'm in a heavenly system, a heavenly court, a heavenly place in Christ. So now I've got to learn how that works. So Jesus taught us and he said, my kingdom's not of this earth. Right, because you because you guys know, and you've heard this many times, this is taught in church that that they that the Jews expected Jesus to come and take over the Roman Empire, right? And the Roman Empire is like, oh no, you're not, right? Because they were talking that because that's the world system, domination and control. One of the things that Jesus had was a lot of people following him, and oh boy, did they not like that, <laughs> because again, it's about the masses. But you know, there's a couple times where Jesus said a few things, and every single person left him except for his disciples. Every single one left. And then he looked at his disciples. He's like, are you going to leave too? And his disciples said, why would we leave? You have the words of life. They understood, right? So the reason that I'm explaining all of this and about the domination and the masses and the control, first of all, that's how they related to Jesus. Like they couldn't see it any other way. Jesus is an usurper. He's coming in and he's going to take over and they're going to have to get rid of him somehow. You know, and the and the Pharisees couldn't stand them. That not not all the Pharisees, obviously that that certain sect of, of Pharisees um, was really because they're the ones that were the troublemakers that caused all the issues in the first place. But they were the control ones within their system. You know, and there's all you always find that in every system. You'll find this this group they gravitate towards a control system, and then their desire is to exalt themselves and then dominate that system. They work their way up to the very top and then dominate the rest of it. And again, they get sometimes help with some demonic entities of course can help things like that that's the reason why they were so active jesus told them you're of your father the devil he told them he's like you're listening to the devil you're doing the things that the devil does you're lying first of all because you're full of it he's like you're whitewashed tombs you're really full of dead man's bones you don't let anybody into the kingdom even though you know how to get in you won't let anybody in oh no you can't do that can't see that can't go there can't do this what's all that about control 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 and who else doesn't want you to go in not just the the Pharisees are those people, but also the spirits behind it, right? Because they, they want to, you know, basically make your life miserable. So all of this is being said because Jesus told us that his kingdom is not of this world. Now, remember, I'm making a differentiation between the planet Earth and the world system. He means the system of this world. The system, this world system is imploding on itself, the detonation was done 2,000 years ago, and walls and floors and things are falling on top of themselves. They're pancaking destruction because that system of this world was utterly obliterated on the cross. And Jesus was issuing in the new age, the next age. And that next age is an age of love in peace and joy. And you can see this in the book of Ezekiel, in the book of Isaiah, in the book of Daniel. All the prophets talked about it. And Jesus is the manifestation of what the prophets spoke of. This is the kingdom. It is a kingdom ruled by the son of his love. This is the son of the beloved son of God. So this is why we have all these signs and all these things. And so what I want to emphasize is, is that as we're growing and maturing in God, and as we're learning how this all works, we, we can separate ourselves from this idea of a works mentality. I call it a works mentality. When, whenever I think about works mentality, this is what I think. I have to do some more works to get closer to God. Now, 
When I start thinking about doing works to get closer to God, my first thought is quantify. How many works should I do? How many works can I do? And how do I beat this system and do the most works of anyone that there is so I can get to the top of this system? I have now engaged in the kingdom of heaven from a world mindset when I do that. First of all, the work was already done. I don't have to go and work for God. Jesus did the work. I live out of the finished work. He brought me in. He snatched me. I was the one that was lost. The lost sheep didn't go find the shepherd. The shepherd found the lost sheep. <laughs> Hello? You know, the pearl of great price didn't unbury itself. It got dug up. You know, so we are the pearl of great price. We were the lost sheep. We were the prodigal son. The prodigal son came out, wanted to do some works with the father. The father didn't even acknowledge him. Come on into the party. He said, come into the one, right? That's what he's telling him. Come into the one. Don't, don't take all your works, all this mentality of I got to do more stuff. I got to do this. Listen, I love enjoying the Lord in all these myriad of ways because of love and because I enjoy it. Not because I'm getting something new from God. God's already given me everything. I'm just learning about the vastness of what I've been brought into and the kingdom I've been brought into and how big it is. So yeah, the living stones, that's pretty cool. The ephod, the crystals, all this, beautiful. The angelic realm, the angelic canopy, getting to know my angel. It's amazing. Get to know your angel, guys. How do you want to engage with your angel? Do it by, by love, first of all. Because the second you sense your angel, you're going to sense, this is what I sense, really a lot of love. Even though we kind of had our ups and downs and a lot of funny stuff is going on through our lives, all of us have. The angels have always loved us. They always bring us back on track, right? Here we go off and here, come on back. But look what's happened now that we know who we are. Now we can begin to explore the mysteries of creation and the mysteries of God with our angels and learn things and discover things. I'm a learner. I like learning things. Me and my angel, I guess we just kind of learn things together because I love learning. You may like doing things. Who knows what it is? It's in you. You're, you're the treasure. You don't need God to fix you. You are the thing. <laughs> you are the valuable thing. Hello? <laughs> well, I need to do more so I become valuable. You are valuable. Jesus didn't die for unvaluable things. He died for the things that was the most valuable to his heart, which was us. And he rose for us so that we would rise with him. So, so what, the reason that I'm saying all this is that you have the one and you, then you have the multitudes. So a lot of Christians are just stuck in this world system of do, 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 do. Okay? I've got to, maybe I need to make a new blog. Maybe I need to do a new ministry. Maybe I need to start t witnessing to this person. Maybe I haven't witnessed. Maybe I should make it. Let's make a decision to witness to three people a day, read five verses a day, study two books a month. Let's do it. Let's write it down and let's do it. Okay? Now, now here's my question. Do you enjoy that? Because if you enjoy it, yeah, do it, for, do it for love. Do it because you enjoy it. God doesn't do anything he doesn't enjoy. This is what, we're, you're like God, right? Well, God doesn't do anything he doesn't like. <laughs> he doesn't like, I hate this, I'm doing it. He's like, I don't like this, I'm not doing it. He only does things he enjoys. Jesus died for the joy set before him. It's because he enjoyed it. He didn't enjoy the, pun the punishment, but what he did enjoy was the family. And he saw that family and he saw us and he's like, oh, this is going to be good. Right? So he did it because he enjoyed it. Right? So we have this. So, so let's leave 
forever. <laughs> and remind ourselves again that we've left it forever, this idea that we have to work. Because ministers too, you know, if any ministers listen to this, you know, ministers too, we have this pressure. I have to bring in multitudes, multitudes for Jesus. And there are some amazing multitude ministries and they ha- and they do they minister to multitudes of people it's something that god's put before them for multitudes but let me tell you you're already in a multitude yeah. you're in a heavenly multitude okay. the multitude is is everywhere around you and not everybody is the same hello <laughs> when you know it is you do feel pressure to conform to systems that's part of the control you don't look like us what? you're wrong not true. <laughs> Not true. We're supposed to be unique. That flower is blue and this flower is yellow. Something's wrong with the yellow flower. Nope, that's just a yellow flower, right? So as we're discovering who we are in Christ and kind of like settling in, and again, you know, there's a natural side to this too. You know, when you get older, you kind of settle into me. I don't have to be like this person or that person. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking today about the spiritual side of it, you know, because there is always that pressure to conform within a system, okay? Within a system, you need to conform to the system in order for this to work. Now again, talking about it in the spirit, not in the natural. Obviously, if you go work at a job and they say, this is your uniform and this is your badge, that's what you do because you've made an agreement to be in that organization. That is not the same thing, okay? Sometimes I feel like I have to explain that because you're talking about very spiritual things and sometimes when people don't think about spiritual things a lot, they try to take what I'm saying and make it natural. So I'm trying to explain that that's, those are all natural things. Obviously, if the rules are make sure your grass is cut, you know, make sure your house is, you know, not falling apart for your HOA. Well, I'm not of this world. I do whatever I want, you know. And it, Well, I mean, you made an agreement with the HOA. You know, if you didn't make an agreement with the HOA, you probably should have just gone and got yourself a property somewhere where you had your own land, right? Okay, that's totally different, right? right. But in the, in the spirit, at who you are in the spirit, you are a free man. And woman, you are free. And you can move in him and you can be who you are in him and you don't have to submit in any way to a world system pressure to conform, to live your life according to the soul. In other words, they say, imitate me as I imitate Satan. And you're like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going to submit myself to a system of control that you've submitted yourself to. I am not going to gather unto myself an army that I can direct to dominate and control others. But I have decided in business, in family, in relationship to operate from the higher realm, which is the love. That's the higher realm. So now I have made up my mind to leave behind this idea of control and move into this place of love. And this is where the one becomes the most important thing. That when you come across anyone, be it somebody you know well, be it somebody you've never met before, that person before you is the most important thing. And Jesus always did that, always. And the most amazing, the most beautiful miracles recorded in the scriptures are recorded with the one. And why? Because each person is unique and special to God, no matter what they look like, what they say. And there is this avenue of love and ministry. Now, I know some people resist. Jesus met tons of people that resisted. 
but he still decided to see them the way the Father sees them. Those that he had to rebuke, he rebuked them because of what they represented when it came to the fulfillment of the mission of God in Jesus' life. He resisted them. If something is coming against you, that is coming against the plan of God for your life, you can absolutely resist them. You don't love that. You resist that. That's what he was doing with the Pharisees, right? But other things that we see, so instead of seeing quantifying works, I'm going to read this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to witness to this person, and then we're going to do, you know, like we have revival. Well, what, in a way, revival means you're coming into your first love again. Well, you have revival inside of you. But for some, revival means the masses. We need to change this country by generating a mass movement. Ah, that's not how it works. It happens on the individual within. Okay? Now, did Jesus have masses? Of course he did. Did he generate masses? No. He ministered to the one. And that's always the way it is. So again, I'm just showing you the difference between how the world, which is the political religious system, which is the two big, the big bosses, by the way. There are other littler ones underneath, but the big bosses are political religious systems. And how the kingdom of the son of his love operates, which is from the above. And from the above, it's the love. And it's being able to speak to the good in every man. Like the apostle Paul said, I speak to the good in all of you. He's not looking for the things that are inconsistent. He's speaking to what they are. Who are you? Because that's who I see. And there was this cool show I've been watching on TV where, where that's what the main character does. He always looks at, he always says, what's your dream? And he wants to know what your dream is because he wants to help you fulfill your dream because the dreams are given to you by God. It doesn't oh, say that in the show, but I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah. I have no idea who wrote the show. I don't even know if they're a Christian. I said, but that is actually how that works. So we're fulfilling the destiny that God's put in us. And it's not like some, you know, this is your destiny, you know, like written down, like specific. It's more like a, the, the joy set before you. Enjoying the Lord. Enjoying the one, being in that place of the one with him and enjoying him and being like, yes, this is so fun. I love this. I don't need to work for God. I'm enjoying what he worked in me. I'm walking in the garden. He made the garden in my heart. I go into that garden place with him. I walk with him and enjoy what he did in me. And in that enjoyment, it spreads, the Bible says, a fragrance. The fragrance of life. Now, to those who are perishing, it's the smell of death. Why is that? Well, to those who are perishing, it's the smell of death because the world system is going down. It's being pancaked floor by floor. And eventually it will be completely gone. Completely. There will be no religious political system. It will be completely gone. There will be no one ruling by domination. And we talked about this last week. Mm-hmm. Remember in that book, you know, where he was talking about the future. If so, He said yes. people were together in small groups. He said 200 years, the angel told him. Like, wow. But, you know, I think there's going to be something happen between then and there. Something pretty big. But, you know, Jesus is revealing himself on the earth in a major way in this change remember we don't always understand things dimensionally very well we have this you know ethereal idea about the spiritual that just kind of is a gobbledygook and then we have like the physical this is the real and in reality it's not like that at all um it's the spiritual realms the heavenlies there is no heaven 
in the Bible. It's heavenlies. It's, le- it's different places and dimensions and oh. things. It's not a heaven. There's heavens. They have the heaven of heavens. There is that, right? So there's different levels in heaven, right? So we know all of this. It's very clear in, this, in the Bible. It's very clear. Um, but we don't think like that because we're really kind of dominated by the, by the physical senses. But we don't have to be dominated by the physical senses if we would just turn in. If we turn in, you're not dominated by the physical sense. Jesus said, when you pray, go into your closet. Well, that's in you. Your closet's inside. <laughs> it's it, Go in your closet. <laughs> into your closet. We're going into the closet, right? So that's where you pray, right? That's where you commune with God. That's where you have fellowship and oneness with him is in the closet. Or in the room, or in the Holy of Holies, or in the Sanctus Sanctorum, or whatever it might be. So, anyway... I think I'm running out of time, but I wanted to share that with us. The one, the masses, leaving behind works, quantifying our relationship with God in terms of the world system, and then coming into that oneness with him where we live out of the joy, we live out of the love and the peace. Does it produce something? It produces way more than we could ever produce with our works because it isn't us working it. It's us coming alongside what Jesus is already doing and saying, I'm a participator in the joy. I'm a participator in the love. I'm a participating participating in this wake-up time where people are waking up to who they are. And here I am. I'm here. You just woke up. Oh, welcome. Welcome to the one. Welcome to this place of love that you didn't know existed. But now here you are because the Spirit of the Lord has wakened, uh, awakened us to the love of God. It is love that transforms, not domination. It is forgiveness that changes people. It is peace that modifies and changes our genetic structure, not domination, not the cruel, not cruelty and, and, and control. But the Bible says to be controlled by the Spirit. That means to be moving in the love of the Father. This is your natural state. It's not forced. You are a spirit. Your natural state is love. Your natural state is nurturing. Your natural state is caring. Naturally, you care. You have to force yourself to not care. Sometimes it's too much to care because you think, I can't do anything. I'm going to push this out of my mind. But if you would embrace it with the love of the Father and care with the care that God has, you will find within yourself a supernatural lift that allows you to intercede for things that are overwhelming to you in the natural, but they're not overwhelming to God. Hold them in the heart of the Father. Minister the love of God from that place. And then you can see these great, oh, this is so terrible. What are we going to do about it? Well, I'm going in, and now I'm going to hold it in my heart in the love of the Father because nothing is hidden from him. He sees everything. He sees things you couldn't even possibly imagine to the finest detail that you would probably blow your mind. He knows everything. He can't look at sin. Yes, he can look at sin. How do you... He, he, listen, he looks at things that hurt us, that hurt him. He has to see those things too, but his love covers them. There's some certain things, I can get into it later, but there's certain things that we are very misinformed about when it comes to, when it comes to things that God can and cannot do. Um, but he sees everything, he knows everything, and Jesus' blood is more than enough to cleanse everything. There is nothing that is hidden from him. He sees everything. He knows it, and his love has been released on the earth, and he will transform every single thing into beauty. He absolutely will. There is no doubt about it. He's done it before. He will do it again, and 
that's that. All right.